0: So there's the story of Passover from the Exodus. And here the disciples are celebrating that. We can't know what's happening without knowing the purpose of Exodus. But here in Mark's gospel, we see the disciples do not really know what is happening. They're sitting down at the Passover meal. They're all excited about sharing this meal together. They They're remembering the glory of God as he redeems and saves his people and as they conquered Egypt. They're recalling the joy of that salvation. And the air is thick with anticipation of what Jesus is going to do next. What what Jesus is going to say next. And what does Jesus say? Truly I tell you, One of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Now that's one way to get a party started. But can you imagine the chaos that would kind of go on in the room right after Jesus says this? Each of the disciples are turning to each other and saying, what is going on? You know, what is happening here? This is not how I thought this meal was going to go. Each of the disciples asking, surely it's, it's not me, is it? I, I, I wouldn't betray you. Not me. I, I, want, I wonder if you can picture the chaos. Picture what it would be like. Let, let me put it in a way that maybe you might understand. Jesus has just ruined Christmas. Yeah. that. It, you know what I'm saying? It's like sitting down with your family at Christmas time, and all the families around the table and everyone is is on their best behavior and you, you, you put on a clean shirt and, and you look good and you're excited and your heart is full because you all don't really get to do that very often. All the family being together and, and the food smells fantastic. It's your favorite time of year. You're anticipating, you're excited about the, the presents and the fellowship that you're going to have later on in the day. And then, and then dad gets up and you think he's going to make a toast, and all of a sudden he blurts out, one of you has betrayed us. One of you has done something so bad that it would have been better if you had not been born. How do you recover from that? What's happening? What's going on? I'll tell you what's happening. The world is about to be turned upside down by Jesus. The disciples are about to go through the worst experience of their life. Their whole orientation is about to be challenged. What they're about to experience is beyond anything they can imagine. But here's the thing. As Charlie reminded us last week, Jesus has been trying to prepare them for this for three years. And it's still... It, they're, they're hearing, but they're not comprehended. comprehending what's happening. They're, they're about to be challenged like never before. And if it weren't for God's grace, none of them would have come out intact. They're hearing the words of Jesus come out of his mouth, but it's kind of like gibberish. And, and from here until really the end of the book of Mark, the disciples are going to kind of walk around in a daze just amazed and shocked, not really knowing what to do, what's going on. Their whole world has been turned upside down. But they continue on in the meal, and I'm wondering, does it become awkwardly silent, you know, when you're at a meal and someone has just done something wrong and you just kind of don't even know what to say? Or, or do people just start talking just to kind of cover up the awkwardness of the meal, you know, and they're just hoping, you know, maybe Jesus will just kind of go over this and just keep on with the ritual because that would be make everyone feel a little better. You know, that feeling. Let's just ignore the elephant in the room. Who's going to betray him? And, and And finally, they get to the part of the ritual where the unleavened bread is broken. And and in, in the Jewish times, they, they used unleavened bread for Passover because it was a reminder that when they fled from Egypt, they had to go so quickly that they didn't have time to put yeast into the bread so it could rise. And, 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 and it's a reminder of that exodus. And so Jesus is getting to the words of the ritual uh, where they're, where they're going to have the meal and, and, and do the bread. And he, and he takes the bread and, and there's the ritual that goes along with the breaking of the bread Yet Jesus says this, take, this is my body. Whoa, what is happening? That's not supposed to be what, you're, what you say, Jesus. It, they're, they're trying to eat the Passover bread and Jesus says, this is my body. And, and, and I wonder what the disciples thought at that moment. I wish Mark would have spent some more time, maybe processing Peter's thoughts. I'm not even sure if Peter remembers what happened after that, because, you know, and and then, but Mark, you know, like he often does, he he just moves ahead in the story. He doesn't even let him have time to process, and he goes on to the next element. In fact, he skips several elements of that Passover, and he gets to the cup, the cup of wine that they would have had, and it's and it's one cup that all of them share together, this this cup uh, of wine that they all drink from. And, And as he gives the cup to them, he says these unforgettable words. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I'll never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Say what? Wait a minute. Did I just hear that right? This is your blood. Why would I drink blood? That's gruesome. It's wrong, in fact. In fact, Leviticus tells us several times, in fact, you don't drink blood. It's in the law, Jesus. You know that. You should know that. You're a good Jew. You wouldn't drink blood. Why would you even compare the two? That's awkward. What's happening here? What is happening? Again, I'll tell you what's happening. <laughs> Jesus is turning their world upside down. Jesus is revealing to them really what the kingdom of God is. They had in their mind what it was, but, but they, they couldn't comprehend it. Jesus is offering them grace beyond measure. It is a costly, costly grace. They're about to recognize it, but they haven't figured it out yet. So today, here in a moment, when we take communion, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, it is a remembrance of that night. We are remembering the incredible sacrifice of Jesus. This isn't just a, a bit of bread and some grape juice. This is a reminder of the body and the blood of Jesus. The body broken for us. His blood spilled out for us. A blood that brings life. See, this is a reminder that we all have betrayed Jesus. All of us. We like to say, it's not me. I didn't do anything that bad. Surely not I, Jesus. Yes, you. You have betrayed Jesus. It is a reminder that he still sits at the table with us in the midst of our betrayal and offers us life. His broken body. And he will forgive us if we accept it. Accept his offer of salvation and grace. It is a reminder that we have received new life in Jesus. So I want to invite you all to the table this morning. It is a table of grace, and it is a table that invites us to lead new lives lives that have been saved by the blood of Christ. Jesus is offering us salvation. That's what is happening. If you have never accepted that invitation to receive Christ, I would invite you today. As you come to take communion, you, in fact, you don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. Uh, you don't have to be baptized either. But what we ask is that you are seeking after God. And today, if you have never accepted Christ in this offering of communion, may this be that invitation to you. When you take the bread and when you dip it in the juice and you eat it. It is a sacrament of reminder that Jesus died for you, He bled for you, and He rose again. He is offering you salvation. He is offering you new life. We'll see that later on. The disciples' world is turned upside down. That's what happens when Jesus comes into our life. The world is never the same again. Let us pray.